My Life Now is a half-hour podcast show which regularly features reviews of new releases and all-time classics of both traditionally published and self-published books. Tune in for special guest interviews and, of course, helpful tips to not only write your next book, but also to help market it. My Life Now is most often referred to as a great way for authors to get quality exposure and avid readers to discover their next read. Without further delay, here's another stimulating episode of My Life Now. Welcome back to another episode of My Life Now. My name is Dallas Montague and I am the co-host here today. And today we have another amazing guest, W.A. Richards. Such a pleasure to have you here today, Wayne. How are you? Uh, I'm fantastic, Dallas. Can't be any better. Yeah. And Wayne, you are an author of several books. And the one that we're going to identify and talk about today is Sacred Bones for Your Eyes Only. So before we talk about that book and the inspiration behind it, I just want to get to know you a little bit better. Just tell our audience who you are and how you you found your faith. Well, basically at the age of five. Uh, When I was five years old, I got hit by a car. Two hands grabbed my hands, put them on a bumper. I never got a scratch on my body. Um, I was chosen by God. You know, the Bible says many are called and few are chosen. Mm -hmm. But I was chosen by God at the age of five to be his prophet, to be his voice in the world. And I've been doing that for over 68 years right now. Um, I'm a Levite. I come from the tribe of Levi. I can date my family back to the time of Isaiah. We were responsible. uh, Our family is a we're Greek Jews. And so we were responsible uh, for saving uh, the Jewish nation. Uh, the Maccabees uh, came to my uh, my ancestor. His name was Nicholas Emus. Uh, and uh, th- we were jungle war f- fighters. So mm-hmm. what happened was we defeated the, Macca- the, the Philistines, uh, my ancestors did. And then after that, um, they went to, God gave them the northern country, which was Russia, up around Basilov, around that area. Uh, then later on, we were the original fiddler on the roof, you could say. Uh, when the Bushevits and the, and the Romanov family kicked us out and we, my family migrated to the United States. I've been a minister for 35 years. I've been a writer for 41 years. Mm-hmm. I spent time out in Hollywood writing screenplays and um, I've, I've been a producer. I've been an executive producer. I've been a director. I've been a stage manager. You name it, I've done it. Seven years of decades. Uh, ventriloquist at the age of five. Uh, puppets. I, I did summer stock. Uh, uh, I can emulate 300 voices in the 80s. Uh, I was called the man of emulation. Uh, I can still do 50 voices. I still sing 50 voices of different people. Uh, I just started doing Neil Diamond um, and, uh, you know, Glenn, Glenn Campbell. The list goes on of what I can. I can listen to you for a while and I can emulate you. I mean, yeah, that's just what God has given me. So uh, that's that's about me. Oh, and I'm married to a beautiful woman. Her name is Mickey. And uh, we're going on our ninth year. That's incredible. Wow. So thank you for sharing a little bit about who you are. Now we, we can follow you a little bit better as yeah. we go into this book here, Sacred Bones for Your Eyes Only. And is this your, what number in the lineup is this book specifically? Four. Number four. Okay. This is number so four. Let's and dive we, right in. This, this is a, yeah, this is a five-book series, by the way. Okay. Okay. So I kind of want to just discuss one, but since we're here today, we're going we're gonna to talk on number four, Sacred Bones for Your Eyes Only. 
So yes. just walk us through the process of the series entirely. What led you to start the series? Where'd you find your inspiration? God. And then we'll dive into book four. God. I was sleeping. Remember, I told you prophets hear mm -hmm. from God. And um, I heard from him in the middle of the night uh, about two, three o'clock. He wouldn't let me sleep. And he says, I want you to bring my bones back. And I go, bones back? What do you want me to bring my bones back for? He says, no, I want you to go and write. Um, I'll tell you what, what you need to write about. And I want you to bring the Jewish bones back to Israel because of all the deprivation, all, all the indignity that they went through, I want to give them honor. Mm -hmm. And so what we're going to do is, he says, we're going to write a book, how they found the Jewish bones. And not only, and then he called, then he wakes me up another day and he says, oh, did I not tell you? I got, I, I have a precursor for you. Uh, I want you to bring the Jewish bones of the gaze back as well. And so when I started writing the book, I just, started writing the screenplay i didn't write the book i wrote the screenplay mm. and the screenplay actually went into fi a final draft and then it became um a a hit with coverfly so much that they wanted to me to enter the contest i entered the contest and i did get to the quarterfinals christian literature and screenplays as you well know dallas doesn't go well especially in today's society we're seeing more of the, the gender of these uh, walking dead. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that are, are, are going to win the contest. Right. But God wanted me to get it in there, and I did. And then all of a sudden, I started getting a buzz in Hollywood. I already got top people that are wanting to do it. We're just waiting for the funding. And uh, so, and then I said, you know, what do you want me to do? So he told me, hire a ghostwriter. So I hired a ghostwriter. And I gave her what I wanted and she started writing it, but it wasn't me. Mm -hmm. See, when I write, I write with my heart. I write with feelings. I write with action. I write with continuity. And there was no continuity. This person was from all they wanted me to give them was the money. Right. And so I said, wait a minute. So I went and I did five rewrites. Now the book did come out uh, and we did fix it. But it wasn't my my twist. Mm -hmm. I like to put twist on books. I like to get the readers to the point where they're reading the book and all of a sudden they go, what? Because if you can't reach uh, Dallas, the audience, in 10 minutes mm -hmm. of them reading it or, or, or on the screen, you're going to lose them. And I had to and do that. I think that, that number is getting less and less every single day of the every attention day. span of the audience, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. The the people today are looking for the title. Mm -hmm. So the title was first that we were not dealing with the haunting, the visitation. That was what the ghost the, the ghost tried to came in the visitation. And I said, no, this is this is an action-packed spy thriller. It's it's got adventure, it's got intrigue, it's got everything that a writer that a that a that a buyer, that a book person wants to see. Yeah. So they compare my book to Skyfall. Now we're seeing James Bond. They compare my book to Raiders of the Lost Ark. Intrigue, wow. going and following a pattern to go find the sacred bones.
But along the way, I found when I did sacred bones, I found there was four bones. One bones was Joseph. Joseph bones were taken out of Egypt and sent to the land of milk and honey. He was the first sacred bones. The second sacred bones were the Jews, the Holocaust. And we're going to talk about the original, the real Holocaust, not the fake Holocaust. My book tells you the real Holocaust. Then we're going to go to the third bones, which is the Christians, the rapture. Then the fourth bones are going to be the tribulation saints. Wow. Wow. That's the that's the sacred bones that God wants. I want to Does dive that make in. sense? It does. There's a lot of questions I have on that. Let's go into the second one, the second bones there, about the real Holocaust versus the fake Holocaust. Can you just define what that means for our audience today? Everybody believes that the Jews died by Sinai gas mm -hmm. that was perpetrated by the Nazis. And Which is commonly it's, taught, it's, right? I mean, people are told lie. this. Yeah. If you and I were Sinai gassed, Mm -hmm. Our bodies would turn pink. But why were there gray lampshades with the tattoos on them? I'll tell you why. Because they had them standing in a on a black top for hours. Us, which was the worst of them all. There was 139,000 prisoners. There are 40 camps entwined in there. And it was not only the Jews, it was the gypsies, it was the blacks, it was the political refugees. They were all there. But they stood in, but the Jews got the worst treatment. Well, no, the gays got the worst. They they were murdered, they were castrated, they were raped, they were hung, and they were also beheaded. That's what they did to them. They treated them because it was section 177. And then you had the problem with the Holocaust is people would be at 20 below zero and freezing the death naked. Well, how long would it take them for them to get exposure? And then they took them and put them onto a onto these uh, uh, and the Jewish people would be taking them from uh, and putting them on these carts and wheeling them off to the butchers and the but listen everything about the jew the only thing the reason why those smoke sacks were flying all the time is because the only thing that was left of the jew that was everything else was profit to the germans and nazis was their entrails their inside everything else was gone they took every part of the body that you don't hear about that nobody does tell you about the real holocaust they gave, were given Sinai capsules. Sinai capsules will not make the body turn pink. Why? Because it opens up every orifice in their body. There was all kinds of uh, true speaking people that were talking about what was going on. They would see showers. They would see people laughing and everything else, right? And so what they did was they gave them the capsule. Then they took their evidence and they flushed it down the drain. And then they carted them off to the butchers. Their, their teeth was made for necklaces. Their gold was used to build uh, banks, uh, 
Mercedes-Benz. I will not buy Mercedes-Benz for that reason. I would not buy GE products because they burnt children in, in, in the ovens. See, all these little things, all these little innuendos are going to be in, in the book. And Jesus is telling the story through the angels. Ah, I'm getting into it a little, huh? <laughs> but that's what the real Holocaust, the real Holocaust was not what you see. There was 93 camps. They never said 93 camps. There's Birkenau. There, were, there was, it was Dakar. Uh, there was Os, which was the biggest one in Poland. But they don't talk about the ones in Norway, the ones in, in, in all the other countries, uh, Italy, all the other countries that they actually conquered. The Nazis conquered. And it was not only the Nazis involved in it, there was other people involved in the conspiracy. And when they read the book, they're going to find out who was involved in the conspiracy. Wow. Let's go into the sec- uh, the third bones. You said the Christians. Yes, the right? Christians. Let's discuss that yes. as well. Well, at the end of the book, we have a section in, in the book and where God is telling them that the, the, they call them the sake they call them uh, operation bring them home the bones and when they do that they're going to go to israel and every dignitary from all over the world are going to come and they're going we're going to the whole idea that god wants he wants to identify the bones mm-hmm. so when he identifies the bones we know who they are they know what they did and 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 what they lost and so we give them their honor we're at the we're at the uh, funeral and uh, in in Israel and Jerusalem, and everybody's there, and all of a sudden, a big voice from heaven comes out and says, "Come ye up hither." And all of us, and you saw my trail. If you read looked at, mm-hmm. at the trail, all of a sudden, people start to feel uh, 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 something in them, a euphoria, and they start to t- change from who they were to these bones. And then they turn into orbs and are shot up at 186,000. That's the Christians. See, but I believe this Dallas, and that's in my second book and I'm writing it right now. And my, I'm writing the screenplay is that if church, if rapture happened on Sunday, the church pews would be full. That is a fact. Yeah. That's there are crazy, so huh? many people that walk around it's on eggshells mm-hmm. and not realize that God is not happy with this world. And so when they're raptured, nine hours from that, something is going to happen. See, because there's not, see, every left behind series that you've seen, Dallas, mm-hmm. always shows people. It's happening in the United States, but in the Bible, Dallas, there's nothing that shows the United States exists. So we're going to kill the United States. We're going to blow it up. We're going to have 30 megaton bombs going off. We're going to have Yellowstone going off. Nine hours from there, people in the United States will cease to exist. And the remnant, ah, I'm getting to the end of it. The remnant of those people Angels go around the world and bring them to Israel because that is what God wants to bring. That's the bones of the tree. I won't get to the fourth one, but that's what God wants. He wants them to, to come back to him. Yeah. They say GD, they say this, they, 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 they're not for, they're against. 
Mm-hmm. They're, they're stiff-necked. That's why the Holocaust occurred. And for those people that are reading your books, your series, what do you hope that they get out of this book? How can they prepare for these things that that are coming? I want them to take it serious. I want them to take it serious that the world is not as as pristine as they think it is. Mm-hmm. Evil, and when they read about the devil, what the devil planned from the beginning of time in the devil's in the Satan's lair, when they read that chapter, they're gonna cry. Because they're gonna find out really see, Satan exists. Mm-hmm. They don't believe it. See, he he is as as real as you can is and imaginable, and he is out to do one thing, and that is to take us all down. Mm-hmm. And what man needs to understand is God has a plan, but they're taking the plan and they're throwing it out the window for sex, guts, gore, every mm-hmm. every maniacal thing they can think of, mundane thing they can think of. You know what I'm saying? That's mm-hmm. what they want. They don't want God. They want they want to be gods themselves. Mm-hmm. See, so what do I want out of this book? First off, I want them to think about: Are the, is their life right with God? Are they going to go to the in the rapture? Mm-hmm. Because if they're going to go in the tribulation, that means whoa, nine hours from now, the United States is going to be gone. After the rapture occurs, I believe God is giving us a precursor about what's going to really happen in the end times. And I believe we are in the end times. More than, I mean, look, cashless society. Mm-hmm. This book, when they read the first chapter, The Haunting, and they, they won't put the book down because it's action-packed. And the most important person in there, we don't even talk about. And that's Hitler, which I'll, we'll talk about in a little bit. So that's yeah, what, what I wanted to get out of it. That's and I wild. want him to get out of it to go to the movie because we're going to make the movie. Mm-hmm. We've already we've already uh, put it together. And in May, uh, we're going to shoot the movie in Branson, Oklahoma, and then ended up in Arkansas. Um, that's what our goal is to do. And that's what we're doing now. We're wanting millions of people to say, you know what? I got to read this book. And that's why it's on ebook. I got one of the greatest narrators of all time. He's narrating uh, Sacred Bones. We have it out already, but now we, we're doing it for your eyes only, part one. And once they read that book, uh, or hear uh, uh, Andy uh, uh, narrate it, oh, they'll cry. I cried when he, when he narrated because he did such a marvelous job. Um. That's why we, we, we hope Hollywood will, 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 will hear this and say, wow. And we believe, and God told me this, we believe we can take the Oscar in 2025. There hasn't been an Oscar come uh, from a book or from a movie since time of Ten Commandments. Wow. Let's discuss a little, I mean, you made so many great points today that if the rapture happened, the pews would be full. Let's discuss that a little bit too, because I believe yeah. that there are a lot of people that believe that they're saved because they're doing the routine of, of religiosity of Christianity or whatever it may be. 
However, their heart in their relationship with God is not correct. So I think what you said, look back at your life right now, see if you are right with God. I think that's an excellent statement for our audience. Anything else you want to touch on that, that point there? Yeah, well, I think people need to go back and remember what it was like to be saved. Mm. I, I think that's the first thing they need to do. They oh. forgot what it's like. See, they think this is a club, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, you got the you got over twenty five thousand religions, and every religion thinks they're better than everyone, right? Mm-hmm. But ask yourself this question, and it's in my book. Why do you think God created one religion? No, He hates religion, but He loves relationship. He even told me that He loves relationship. He says, "I love I love my people. I want to know my people that are called by my name." See, they mm-hmm. forgot. Are you really called by his name? And the pastors are the worst of them all. They're the fatted calf that he talks about in the book of Ezekiel. They walk around in king's clothes. I can't name them, but I can tell you who they are. And they have no desires. They believe in a prosperity message that God never came. All God did was create a race of people through time. That's all he did. He start, They started out and called them what? The Hebrews. That's why God is the God of the Hebrews. And then they called them later on the Jews. But they're same ones. They never changed. And that's and, and that's what he did. He never created the Gentile race in the way that they think. Who came up with the idea that, uh, that you're a, a Baptist? John was a baptizer. Mm-hmm. I produced, directed a, a, a one-man, two-man show called John the Revelator. And in John the Revelator, we never mentioned anything about religion. Mm-hmm. But we mentioned one thing, relationship. Because every one of these, the, the Presbyterians, the Methodists, you name it. My God, they got churches in, in California that worship ahead of lettuce. Now, you, you, and, and I could go graphically and tell you more. They even consider Anton LaVey had his own ministry and he had a religion. You see what I mean? So where does it begin and where does it end? And God is getting ready to say, you know what? I've had it. I'm done. I'm bringing my people up. The children today, the trafficking, the the things that we're seeing and hearing, that's not what God wants. God never created a world like today. My book should open your eyes and show you the truth, the way, and the life. That's why I show more of the prophet is Jesus Christ. And he brings and we bring in the 1967, uh, what happened in there. We bring in what happened uh, with the Jews in, uh, and how they were protected by God. God is sitting, still on the throne. He's the head of the Ways and Means Committee, and he means to get his way. Mm-hmm. He's a CEO. And that's the truth. And they got to come to that realization. That's why he asked me to write this book. The gays, everybody looks at the gays and they go, oh, well, you're gay. Well, let me ask them this question. Are you an alcoholic? Is that a sin? Are you a drug addict? Is that a sin? So we look at the people and we judge them. But the Bible says, judge ye for ye be judged. He also said, why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye when you got a log in your eye? Right. See? That's why he wants me to put in the Jewish bones, the gay bones, to let them know that they are, what they do is their problem. And they have one person to deal with, and that's their creator. 
-hmm. And if their creator, if they give their life over to Jesus Christ, what is my, how can I judge them for their lifestyle? When everybody's out there adorning themselves with tattoos, which God said, don't do, uh, piercing themselves. My God, I'm seeing more and more in it. And it, and it just disgusts me. You know what I mean? And it makes me want to write more. When they say the pen is mightier than the sword, boy, it is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you can get the words out and there's 30, over 35,000 words. And I looked at I 35,000 words. And I said, you know, when we look at words, words mean something. They speak volumes. Discover the gripping world of precincts, prejudice, and murder by Jewel Robinson. Dive into the thrilling tale that explores the challenges women face in police work while unraveling a murder mystery. This thought-provoking story delves into the depths of crime motivations and questions of gender equality. Is merit compromised for the sake of equality? Find out on Amazon now. Get your copy today and embark on a journey of suspense and intrigue. You're, you're giving us so much today. Something else that you discussed that, that I wanted to touch on, you said Hitler. You were discussing Hitler, his escape oh, to Argentina. God, yes. Let's discuss Let's, that as well. But, oh, yeah. Well, you know that he was born a Schickebrewer. That means he was I a half not, Jew. I did not know that. So thank you. You didn't for, know that. Not that word. No, not that specific term. No. Yeah. And one thing about it is, but his mother married a Hitler. But that did not change the religion because his Saba, which is his grandfather, mm -hmm. right, took him to the temple all the time. And he would write down in his diary. He carried a diary for all his life. That's why he wrote Mein Kampf. Mein Kampf basically was a diary, a diary of his life, because that's what Hitler did. Now, let's go to Hitler at the age of 21. Now, Hitler is uh, now a, a corporal in the German army. Uh, Versailles was, and armistice was, was uh, in, everything ended, uh, uh, the war is over, and he's walking with no gun. And, and he sees an American soldier, and the soldier has an M1 rifle, and he points it at his head. And so Hitler says, you, in, 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 in German, you might as well kill me. Mm -hmm. I have nothing to live for. And the next thing they hear is armistice, armistice from nowhere. And the guy does this to Hitler. He gives him a pass. Why did God save Hitler at the age of 21 for such a time as this? Think about Esther. Esther saved the Jewish nation. Well, behind it, and we can't mention the, the name of the people as far as because we can be sued in the book, you know, but the allies of the Nazis put up a billion dollars to eradicate the Jewish nation once and for all. Himmler, Goering was nothing more than a pirate. Goebel was nothing more than, than, than a, he was a journalist who the, the, the Jews were not hired because he wasn't a Jew. So what did they do? They came together with Hess in their circle and they created the brown shirts. They created, well, Hitler was in, in, in prison for seven years. They created all this. In the United States, businessmen, in, in, in England, in France, and even in Israel, before they were a nation, 
decided the fate of the Jews. It was called the final solution. So why did Hitler send out 160 letters to every nation in the world to save the Jews? 11 million Jews. Not, not 6 million, 11 million. And so guess what country is the first country he sent? And he says, oh, they're going to do it in a heartbeat. The United States. Franklin Delano Roosevelt sent him a letter back saying, no, we can't take them. We're in a depression. We're on this. United States turned them down. France turned them down. England turned them down. The only country that allowed 5 million, and they went on a lottery, which means they were chosen by a lottery, 5 million Jews were survived because of the Palestinians. And the Palestinians are the Philistines, which are the mortal enemies of the Jews. Think about that. God gave them an eye, which means a place of refuge that he has done in the Bible. He gave them a place where they could go and live out their lives. And that's how that they were saved. Five million were saved. Five million people to this day can thank Adolf Hitler for their lives. And why did Hitler live to be 92 years old? Why was that a fake Hitler that they burnt up? And why did the United States pay to get one of our planes in there and take him to Norway and then take him on one of our ships and bring him into Argentina for the rest of his life? And he lived as a Jew. And why did he have a kids at the age of 60? If he was dead, how could he have a kid at the age? You see where I'm coming from? So there, what I try to do, I research and I research and I research and I constantly research until it's like hermeneutics. I back it up scripture by scripture. Well, I back it up her research by research by research and look at things. And, from, and then I go back to God and I pray about it. And I say to the Lord and he says, and you know what? I know I'm right because right now I feel the Holy Spirit all over me. So I know what I'm saying to you is real. See, I know it's called the Holy Ghost hit. Mm -hmm. I can teach you about that. But it's the truth, and the truth will set you free. It's time that just like Adolf Schindler got the white ro rock of acquittal from the Jewish people, it's time that they gave Adolf Hitler the same because their ancestors to this day survived. And why did God allow the ones that were in the different concentration camps to live to eight, and they're still alive, 119, 120, 105, 110. You see where I'm coming from? Mm -hmm. He gave them the, that life back that they stole. And they blame, who they need to blame is the Nazis. Who they need to blame, they need to blame their ancestors because their ancestors we're like the ancestors of why over only two people went into the land of milk and honey after 40 years of generations because they are that way. To this day, they're the same. Do they look at anything? No, they buy. I got to buy a Mercedes. And what they don't realize is that Mercedes was bought on the bones, the sacred bones of their ancestors. Wow. They don't care. They're didn't, everybody's desynthesized today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow, we discussed so many things, and this is, as you said, the fourth book in the series, 
you do have another book that's that's after this, yes? Go ahead. Somebody called. Yeah, you, you have another book after this one, this specific book yes. as well. Yes? Yes. The Spawn of Satan. The Spawn of Satan. Wow. Oh, I don't want I don't want to call it the Antichrist. Want I want to call it exactly yeah. what he is. He is the wow. spawn of Satan. And I know who the spawn of Satan is. God showed me that. You know, and people need to realize that right now he's there. He's in Washington, D.C., and he is going to do whatever he can to change the world. And he's doing a good job. He said, if I could become the next president of the United States, and I could do it out of, I could find a surrogate and I could do it in my basement. And he is to this day. Hmm. We know who he is, you know, and the spawn of Satan. I had to take out certain things because my other, my editor put stuff in. I said, no, you can't do that. I can't identify this man. Mm-hmm. But what the way you identify him is by this by scripture, by research. Right. People, they they read books, but they don't look at the third dimensions of books. They don't look inside the book. They don't look at the esoteric value of what you're trying to write about that book. They look at a book and they go, oh, it's a it's a book. But when they start to read it, when they read the haunting and everything, and I want them to come, I want the book to come to life. Wow. And it I want like them you have to understand. To be able to do that on screen and in book as well, in book form as well. Yes. So- I'm, I'm getting buzzes even uh, from people like Ben Diesel. Uh, I'm getting buzzes from uh, David uh, Krumholtz. I'm getting buzzes from... Um, all different kinds of act. Uh, Mark Harmon. I'm getting buzzes from a lot of different actors that want to do this movie, but they can't because their their agents won't let them do it. That's why we want to bring Hollywood. That's our th- this is our major goal: bring Hollywood to Branson. See, are you familiar with Sight and Sound? No, I'm not. Sight and Sound is probably the biggest production musical production in all of Branson and also in, 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 in Lancaster, uh, PA, they do about a $4 billion a year. And the reason why people come for that, the churches come for that. People go for curiosity reasons. Over 43 million people migrate to Branson, Missouri every year. It used to be bigger because that's when you had Andy Williams and all the other big stars. So I've come together with a lot of Christians that, uh, and a lot of people that believe in my work. I've already written, we're re- writing four sitcoms right now. We've already got two, two screenplays and that'll get us started. I've, I'm meeting with people that we're going to be doing um, uh, sound stages uh, and uh, uh, to get people here. Branson's dying. And the reason why it's dying is people can't, I mean, I, I, I love music, but people are tired of just music. So when they come here, what do they do? They're looking for sight and sound. And they're looking for the Elvis personators, the BG personators, mm-hmm. uh, Neil Diamond personators, Karen Carpenter. You know what I'm saying? This is what they're looking for. But it was never designed. Branson God put Branson here for a reason. Did you know that Corey Timbloom 
came here over a plane in 1976. And when she was flying over, she said in Danish that the spirit of the Lord will bring revival here to Branson, Missouri in the last days. Now, that was in 1976 she made that statement. And she called it the Ozark of the West. Well, guess what the Ozark of the West is? Branson, Missouri. Hmm. Wow. See, everything is coming together. We are going to see revival. But revival is within. And that's what we want to do. So we want to take, we, we want to bring Hollywood to Branson. We want to give people entertainment. We, we want to give them honest entertainment, not garbage. Right. Which is our world you, is consumed. You know what they we don't say, need any help with the garbage, garbage area. We have so much, so much garbage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why people go out and when you see anarchy, that's the first thing that happens. Mm -hmm. It's in my second book and my first book. And so I've always tried to write nonfiction, but this is the first time I mixed fiction with nonfiction. And when I sent it to this one lady, she said, oh, my God. And she's been a CSA and a casting director for over 40 years. And when I talked to her, she says, "I we got to get this done. And that's why she's doing everything she can. I'm trying to do everything I can. The more people, Dallas, we have to have pre-production money. Mm -hmm. We have to have somebody come forth and say, we need to have investors. We need somebody that, that, that's going to come forth and say, a Jew. Uh, uh, I heard that a guy by the name of uh, Rex, who owns uh, Victoria's Secrets, mm -hmm. took a billion dollar uh, endowment away from Harvard because they weren't going to uh, protect the Jewish people. And so he says, if that's the way you want to treat my Jews... So I'm looking for people like him, philanthropists. We're looking for Donald Trump. We're looking for his kids, his daughter's worth a billion dollars. Somebody that can see sacred bones and say, you know what? Let's make that movie. Yeah. Once I get $100,000 in pre-production money, I've got a guy who promised me a million, but all I need is 100000 to get the boost in Hollywood. And this is what you can do and with your show. To right. boost people to see that we need to make this movie. Because and how can after our audience the movie help you, Wayne? How can our audience connect with you and, and assist you in this process? Oh, they, I'll give you my phone number. I'm on Zelle. They can make donations. Mm -hmm. And we'll, we're going to give them points. See, we want to make them part of the movie. We want that fan base to be part of the movie. If they make a $40 to $100, we're going to make them part of the movie. We're going to give them a percentage of that movie because we know what the movie's going to do. You know, and other projects that are involved as well. We'll send them a hat. We'll send them a jacket. You see what I mean? Um, there's a lot of things that we want to do for the people. So my number is 417-239-6112. I'm on Zelle. They can send it, and uh, uh, and we will we will give them credit on everything. Um, we are looking for big credits. Uh, if we get somebody that says, "Yeah, man, I'll give you a million dollars," great. We'll give them seven points in the movie. We'll give them a cre uh, executive producer credit. Uh, what are we? What's it going to take to make the movie? Fifty million. If I did it in Hollywood, it was one hundred seventy million. 
But here's the most important thing that God wants to do. And I haven't even told you about this. God wants to make a documentary on it. We're going to hire, uh, and it's in the book, we're going to hire uh, a forensic scientist. Uh, we're going to hire archaeologists. We're going to hire pathologists, DNA specialists to find out who they were, what they were, and what the world lost because of Satan. That's what we want to do. Wow. Wayne, I really appreciate your time here today. I want to have you back on to another episode to discuss the rest of the series here. Would that be all right with you? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Excellent. You got it. Excellent. I really appreciate it. And if I could have you end our time together here with our audience, you can pray for our audience. That would be a great way to end. Oh, you got it. Thank you. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We for first off for giving Dallas the opportunity to hear my testimony and also hear about what is for you, Lord, because everything's for you. Nothing is without you. You're the godly glue that holds this world together, Father. And we know, Lord God, that nothing happens unless you make it happen. You're the author and finisher of our faith. And we know that, Lord. And we know that sacred bones, and you're going to resonate that with the people over the air right now. And you're going to drive people to, to, to buy not only the books, but Lord, you're going to drive them to be part of this project, Sacred Bones, uh, uh, for your eyes only. And then I want to see the actors and anybody else that listens to Dallas's program. Anybody that's out there, Lord, we just thank you. Thank society right now as far as we are as Christians because we're the spirit of Come on. the devil Come did on. not like that. Yeah. See? See, I told you. He doesn't yeah. like me. He really doesn't. Father, we just thank you again in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening and supporting another episode of My Life Now. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast show and share it with a friend. Together, we can keep the message of these books alive. Until we turn the next page together, stay classy.